Welcome back to the Internet Computer Report. This is episode number 12, which covers most closely the topics that cryptocurrency investors are talking about or should be talking about. Andrew and I start off by going over a little bit of the history in the first five minutes that crypto investors who have been in the space for a while see every three years, and that is a bubble cycle and potentially the bubble cycle that we're entering right now. We go over the phases that we always see in bubble cycles and talk about some of the forces that are behind this one and try to parse out what phase of this cycle we're currently in. We go over a little bit of the narrative of this particular cycle and where the money is flowing or where it should be flowing. So that covers a little bit of Bitcoin maximalism, Ethereum loyalty, and then a Web3 versus DeFi topic. And then eventually we get to the final topic of how the market cycles and sentiment right now is going to be affecting Definity and what the Definity cycle is going to look like once ICP comes out. Hope you enjoy. Crypto markets are going absolutely haywire, or at least something that people who have been in crypto for the past three years have been waiting for. Just saw Ethereum hit its all-time high. And Andrew, I know you've been in crypto for a long time, and I love picking your brain about it. You've been in it longer than me, and you've seen all these cycles, and you, you analyze it constantly. So I'm going to pick your brain, and we're going to try to make sense about you know, what forces are behind the changes in the market cycle and how this is going to affect Affinity and, and where these come into play, uh, especially for investors. So it's an investor episode. But let's start off by having you talk about why people have gotten into crypto, specifically like three months ago when Ethereum was a quarter of the price and now everyone's all about it. What changed? Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, human emotions. People tend to like to buy something at $30,000 as opposed to $3,000. I think it's just like kind of the, you know, people like to, you know, go together on things. Um, but probably the three things that are leading this are, I would, I would break it up into three things. The first one is, is this money printing that's happening with the government. We're getting a lot of stimulus. Uh, you know, people are kind of losing a little bit of faith in the government. So that bodes well for a Bitcoin. You know, the digital gold, it has the narrative of can't being minted. That's, you know, that's, that's what bodes well for it. Uh, now we have, people also have this distrust for banks. And now we're having this whole decentralized finance world and realm that's coming about on Ethereum. That bodes well for Ethereum. And then the final one is the distrust for big tech. You know, we're hearing a lot of narratives about censorship. We just covered a past episode on that. And that bode, that, that will bode well for the third web. So the web three space, yeah, such as the web three. Hopefully yeah. that's the next cycle. We'll mm -hmm. talk about that. But all right. So, that you know, those are the forces behind why new people are into it. But every few years in crypto it seems like it rewards the people who have been around longer and even historically markets but it's especially predictable in crypto how the cycles are changing and what's coming about so can you like what are those cycles and who are the buyers that are pushing it and like where are we right now mm -hmm. yeah so crypto moves in cycles you know it's what causes excitement um there's a pretty famous image, a real popular image that goes around and it talks about the, the four stages of a market bubble. So you have this stealth phase. That's what people deem as the smart money. That's where they come in, you know, when prices are really depressed and, you know, not many people are hanging around at that point. Then you have the institutional level. Uh, that's when institutions are coming in. And now for the first time, we are, you know, we're seeing uh, Paul Tudor Jones, multi-billion dollar you know, investor. He's interested in mega interest in Bitcoin. He has, I think, 3% of his fund in there. 
He's also interested in Ethereum. Um, you know, we're seeing the old characters like Mike Novogratz and the Winklevosses. And then the next stage after institution is we have the like the media awareness phase. Now that's when things really get you know crazy, and we're I think we're starting to see the first hints of it. Like we had, you know, some pretty uh, you know like I think like Soldier Boy recently he started tweeting out some of his famous altcoin picks. Um, there was a number of other you know famous uh, musicians and, and artists who were getting involved. So people see this, you know, they have millions of followers, and that's what leads to the that kind of a blow off phase. And after that, you have the correction phase where you know we return back to the to the mean. Yeah. Okay. So uh, where we are now, so we're kind of, I, I think at the tail end of the institutional phase, it's kind of, that's a little bit more obvious, but figuring out where we are in the media phase, because um, that's when like at the very last piece of the bull run is when everything explodes. And so people like us are, have been around, people in crypto are, I'm particularly skittish and, you know, trying to have weak hands, uh, but when we're thinking about what phase that we are in the media cycle, you have, on the one hand, everything exploded for absolutely no reason, like nothing fundamentally changed in the past three months. Mm -hmm. But now, like, it's almost as if the institutions are acting like the retail investors are becoming like it. Mm -hmm. we, we even have, especially these new IPOs coming out. Yes. Yeah, we have uh, the Coinbase IPO, which is supposed to be coming out in March. Um... I think they're, they're supposed to be valued at somewhere between 30 to $60 billion. Uh, we have uh, Gemini supposed to be doing an IPO later in the year, I heard. And we also have BlockFi, uh, which is like an interest, uh, kind of sort of like a bank. Uh, they're going to be launching as well, too. And how much are these things worth? And what, like, They're all in the multi-billions. And, you know, obviously, you know, what will probably fuel even further is the fact that, you know, you're going to have, you know, $30 billion of liquidity coming on the market. You know, where, what do you think all these, you know, these, these people who are holding, you know, holding on to a Coinbase stock for the last seven, eight years? It's going to ultimately flow most likely into more crypto, which can, you know, spur the rally even further. So we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like I, like you were mentioning, I'm, you know, we're seeing that kind of institutions and retail are becoming one and the same. And also we should talk about what has historically been, you know, what the, you know, the phases are like. We've always had this four-year phase and that's based on the cycles of Bitcoin. So like Bitcoin has a halving every four years. So these phases are basically timed on it there's some there's like that stock to flow model have you heard of that one stock to flow no. like talks about the bitcoin price yeah it's it's, it's i won't dive too far into it but the cycles tend to have been moving in this four-year period we might start seeing an extension in cycles now now that we have other use cases it's no longer just bitcoin but we're seeing you know ethereum with DeFi. it's taken on its own entity i'm really starting to think that this cycle will start seeing uh the markets kind of really differentiate, you know, the narratives of each. So, you know, you have Bitcoin, which has become the digital gold. Now we have Ethereum has really become the settlement layer. So that's like the new decentralized banking sector. We have, you know, Definity, which is going after the whole, you know, big tech space, creating open internet services. Like why would the, the price of gold, the, you know, physical gold going down, why would that impact Apple price, for instance? I think we're gonna start seeing sectors come around Things are no longer going to have to directly correlate just because one thing is moving. So I expect potentially we're going to see, you know, a different kind of um, cycle. No longer this tied to this four-year cycle of the Bitcoin having. I think we could potentially start extending it and we can have our, you know, it'll be like a new, uh, just a complete new uh, crypto world that we're going to see. I, oh, I, 
I have so many questions about yeah, that. <laughs> please ask me anything you like. I, I, all right, so that sounds really bullish. Is it like in a good way? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the other half of this is you have these IPOs coming out. And I'm not an economist. I don't know how the money flows when something like that happens. But if you have billions of dollars going into shares of a stock, and are you going to have institutional investors buying the stock instead of crypto? And yeah. I, I also yeah. – that could be a bad thing. And the other thing – I mean I hate, I really despise Coinbase. And like Gemini's all right, but just the privatization of the blockchain space. If you're going to have bank accounts being switched from a bank, an institutional bank to a private company – like nothing's really changing across the board there. And if we can do every financial service in a decentralized way, why isn't the money just going to flow in, into that space? So mm-hmm. those, are, mean, those are great points. To, to answer the first one, what was the first one you had asked relating to when? Yeah. If is this a good thing for the crypto space that everyone's buying uh, IPOs? Oh yeah. So well, we have to really look. Well, you know, the crypto space is really new. So to pitch. A multi-billion-dollar hedge fund, um, you know, hey, buy this digital gold. Like, who's that? Who's that famous investor? Uh, like a Ray Dalio. Like, he's a skeptic of, of <laughs> he Bitcoin. Doesn't like he doesn't Bitcoin. like Bitcoin. But if you were to tell him, hey, listen, here's some fundamentals from this company called, you know, listen, you might not like Bitcoin, but people do like Bitcoin, and there's a hundred million Coinbase users, and this is generating X amount of money. That's something maybe Ray Dalio could dig his, you know, dig his teeth into. He might say, okay. This now kind of makes more sense to me. I might not have an interest in Bitcoin directly, but a stock, I might have uh, that kind of interest. So, um, yeah, people so might start it, having different exposure. It'll definitely drive interest. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, you know, not everybody's going to be able to have, you know, to, to know how to buy, you know, Bitcoin on their own, you know, custody their own keys. And, you know, the truth matters, you know, yes, we are, we're, you know, we're early adopters. We're, you know, we're, we don't mind, you know, managing our keys, having, you know, setting up our MetaMask wallet or, you know, we downloading SDKs and, you know, tinkering around with software, you know, software and other and other products. But the average user doesn't really want to have that stress and headache. So they don't mind, if, you know, keeping five, ten thousand dollars into a yeah, into a yeah, uh, yeah something. Like I, I hope. Well, OK, so, so you mentioned the narrative is going to change. And uh, I'm just thinking in my head, those companies are going to be what I hope is a short term solution. So if you, anyone could make a Coinbase account, it's pretty simple. Not everyone could go buy cryptocurrency on an exchange themselves, right? Like if, right away. Um, so maybe it's like right now that's the fix. But I hope another cycle comes around where oh, like actual open internet services are creating DeFi things that are actually decentralized finance. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you mentioned the narrative is going to change because of this. So what's going to? What do you think the narrative of this cycle is? Oh, well, the narrative of this cycle is, you know, people have been saying NFTs and, like, gaming. I don't think so. I yeah. think it's, it, it was – year 2020 was the year of DeFi. 2021 will also be the year of DeFi. This is – I think this, this is the case of Ethereum. It's the settlement layer. It's the financial layer. You know, I, you know, I hear other people talking about other concepts. For me, it's all about DeFi. You know, you have Uniswap, which has 300,000 daily uh, – monthly users, 300,000 unique addresses – and we're not talking about just mega whales playing. Like the average transaction size on a, on Uniswap is twelve hundred dollars, which is a reasonable amount of money. So you have tons of people providing liquidity. You have whatever. What time? You have Aave, decentralized protocols. You have um, investment banks with Wi-Fi and some other other projects. So it's um, yeah, the whole the whole space has definitely changed. All right. So I I know you like most of our holdings are in blue chip DeFi and then the main like Bitcoin and Ethereum. So months going forward. What's, I, it's hard to mention a strategy or any coins that you like because mm. 
something could change tomorrow that'll change your opinion. But what's like a broad piece of like strategy that you might be doing? Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, you know, you know, the blue chips, you know, hanging around where, well, I would, I would always recommend hanging where there's liquidity. You want to see where there's liquidity. There's, you know, there's tons of different, there's a project, there's a project that comes out every other day. There's a dot finance. You have a, what is it? Uh, Badger.finance. I don't know. Badger is some other thing. But what you have pickle finances. You have yam finances, all these coins and other stuff. Most of these will not be around in a year or two. Where, you know, the, the big names will stay around. You want to hang around where there's liquidity. So if they're, you know, look for projects that have $50 million a day, in, you know, being traded, you know, where, you know, you're able to, you know, where there's, you know, where there's action and there's excitement. You know, I would just be really wary about these smaller ones. There's chances of rug pulls. You know, rug pull is when uh, the developers basically exit all the liquidity out of it, take whatever money you have in these liquidity providers, mm. uh, these automated market makers. Uh, that would be my only recommendation: is stay where there's liquidity. Look for the you know look for look for solid projects. Look for good teams. Be a little bit wary of these completely anonymous teams. There's like a big movement now where everything is completely 100% anonymous. There's some great anonymous projects. Don't get me wrong, but just be a little bit wary about it. Make sure there's at least an, an a backer. You know that maybe kind of, you know, evangelizes it and kind of gives an okay. Yeah. That's my only advice. Okay. All right. One of the things I, I'm wary about, so mm -hmm. you're mostly the DeFi guy, you, you know a ton about DeFi. And then I kind of l like let that pass because I, I was thinking a few years from now, there's going to be a Web3 movement. But even I look at it and the Web3 coins, I'm, I'm holding very few. And I just think they're almost all crap. They're almost all shit coins. And mm. Like I'm a, such a big Web3 supporter, mm. but I still think none of them are going to be around. And a lot of people think the cycle's trickling down from Bitcoin to Ethereum to DeFi to shitcoins. But I don't, even me, like someone who loves Web3, I don't think it's going to make it, it down to those Web3 coins. Was, it, was there I, any ones in particular that you're referring to that, that you were looking at of the um, Web3 plays, of the well, if you want to look at the top 20, then then you yeah. have like the, the NEO, the EOS, the Tron, mm. uh, and the Card Cardano, yeah, the Polkadot. Yeah. Polkadot's pretty legit, and Cardano's like pretty serious as well, and mm -hmm. they're correlated with Ethereum very strongly because they could be considered sister networks. But the other ones, NEO, EOS, and I, I think their time has passed. Yeah, they're dead chains. Yeah. Uh, There's no yeah, activity ghost on chains. them. Yeah. And then you look further down, you could find i particularly like the solutions associated with storage coins like like storage and sia mm -hmm. and then you have elf another dead chain like these are web3 projects that have a really enticing vision mm -hmm. uh but they've tried and they failed and most of them the evidence is there from the last cycle that they never recovered from but what i do think is a good way to look at the so if we're thinking really long term and this is a maybe a skip uh I'm speculating for this hypothesis, but if we have a cycle every three or four years, this time around it was DeFi. And the reason for that is I think financial services replicating decentralized versions is the simplest way to do it. So originally Bitcoin was a stab at the big banks. And ever since then we've been evolving these financial services. And then Ethereum, well, Ethereum is kind of a DeFi layer, but the bigger vision of a world computer was hey, let's fix the abuses of big tech with the same kind of solution. So it starts with the banks because you could replicate those services somewhat easily. That's what DeFi does. But Web3, I think, in my head, and what a lot of people haven't grasped, is that it's about taking the power away from FANG, mm -hmm. the, the big five internet mm -hmm. companies. 
And I think if the next market cycle, let's say it's three years from now, uh, not saying that we're in a bubble now, like maybe we're probably in the early stages, or if we are in the top stage, then it's not really a bubble. Mm -hmm. But let's say every three and a half years, it's, it's split into another cycle. Next one is going to be about Web3. I would agree with that. So you think, uh, so you think like the internet computer and these other ones are like two, three years away for before they start having some real major effects? Well, uh, when you look at the fundamental part, which is what you know, I almost pay all my attention to. As far as I'm concerned, nothing changes uh, in the market bubbles. Like there's more motivation to fix things after the bubbles, but in the, like the market bubble in 2017, you had everyone started to care. And then the only problems that kind of got fixed over the past three years was DeFi. And now DeFi is in a place where everyone knows that it's going to work, mm. but it still sucks. So Uniswap is too, still too expensive. Yeah, the, fees are, the fees are outrageous. But it's also the well, only tell, how thing. Much, how much are the fees? So if, if you're just a regular user I'd, trying to get on. I think they're about $35 for yeah. one trade. But yeah. if you're trading from a coin to like two different coins, so if you want to cash out into USDC, then it doubles. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna have just, to pay you have to pay double routing yeah. fees on Uniswap. But, but the, that, yeah, it's deterring. The, yeah. the point is, Uniswap is the only thing people use. Like no one's using uh, Web three DApps. Mm -hmm. It's almost non-existent. So yeah. people know that Uniswap is going to fix these things, and all the associated DeFi like DeFi services are going to fix them. But right now, the bubble cycle is when that's getting priced into the assets. Mm -hmm. So DeFi is blowing up, yeah. not because it took over banks or it's ready to take over banks, but because people know it's at a stage where once the technical problems get fixed, then it will. Yeah. So I think when I, when I say the Web3 bubble comes in three years, I don't think the Web3 solutions are going to be ready to take on big tech or replace it, but they'll be at the point where they're developed enough and people mm -hmm. see, hey, this is real. Let's start paying attention to Web3. Well, that's, well, that's terrific insight because the people who soar DeFi back in 2019, have been uh, rewarded handsomely. You yeah. know, synthetics was at four cents a token. Aave was at the equivalent, now it was 30 cents a token after they did the swap between Lend. It's at $275 right now. So these are some massive, uh, you know, markups. So now, if you're seeing this potential from now, so obviously there's some still, some kinks that need to be worked out with Web3. If you're able to spot it from this point right now, some huge potential uh, investment-wise. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And again, it's, I mean, none of the coins out there are really stepping up, mm -hmm. like stepping up to the plate and, and fixing real things. I mean, yeah, like I said, Polkadot is kind of pretty legit. Mm -hmm. we're, we're making incremental steps and we made a tremendous amount of mistakes over the past 10 years that we learned from. And our guess here is that Definity is going to be the one to fix it. But let's look at the market cycles now. And Definity is going to launch, let's say, two months, but we don't really know a particular date. Mm -hmm. How the market... How is this going to affect uh, the price of Definity? How oh, should investors kind of look at that? Well, I'll talk about I'll talk about Definity and Ethereum because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, what is Definity trying to kill Ethereum and these other things? I'll give you my full thesis, completely completely open what I think could potentially happen. Um, my biggest issue with Ethereum right now is the reliance on big tech. As much as people don't want to say. A lot of Ethereum is running in on an Amazon Web Service Cloud. It's running on AWS. It's a huge problem. The Ethereum community tries to look the other way on it by you know because of the fact that they kind of realize that it has to run on it. I potentially see Ethereum 
potentially living on the internet computer. If you can choose to run, um, you know, your information on ICP as opposed to, you know, an open protocol as opposed to running it on AWS, I think that's a huge movement. So I can potentially see, you know, Ethereum and Definity really complementing, you know, complementing each other. Um, in the event, you know, I'm, you know, personally, I'm very bullish on Definity ICP. Again, we don't have full information. If uh, Definity doesn't deliver what, uh, you know, that they're saying that they can claim, uh, because oh, let me just, and then I'll keep going actually with Ethereum. Ethereum, so what Ethereum has released so far with this proof of stake is they released uh, a contract basically for locking. So now they have, they have a parallel chain. They have the F chain, which is the proof of work chain, and they have the F2 chain, which is just basically they locked up money in this proof of stake chain. There's really no, there's really nothing happening on the chain though. Everything's still yeah, happening the, on the, the proof beacon of, chains. Yeah, disconnected. exactly. It's, it's everything. All the everything's processing through the proof of work chain. That's why fees are still so expensive. I still think Ethereum is three years away. So as far as you know, people complaining about Definity being delayed. Definity, if they do have what they say. I think it could be absolutely massive. And I think they are light years away. I think it's also why they're so quiet. So I can see a world where Ethereum is living on Definity. Now, if Definity doesn't deliver, if their math somehow for some reason doesn't work out, I think the the network effects of Ethereum are going to be so great that people will just say, okay, this is what DeFi looks like. Ethereum's the thing. I think the Ethereum will be the thing at that point. If yeah. if Definity doesn't pan out, you know, we've experienced we've checked out all these other chains, no matter what you want to say. You know, the Cardanos and the other ones, they have $1,000 in fees. You can go to cryptofees.info. You can see what's actually happening on these chains. I don't care whatever they want to claim. There's zero activity on them. I'm not, I, you know, there's, there's nothing there. If, if Definity is not chalked up what it's, what it's supposed to be, Ethereum will be the winning chain, bar none. If Definity does, however, deliver what we think it has the potential to, we're talking about a complete game changer because, yeah, you could basically run you know, applications, you know, at first people will keep going to Ethereum, but you know, if, you know, if, if the if the experience is more and more seamless, you know, bigger and bigger applications are being built on Definity and the internet computer, then I think people eventually port there. And it could be somewhat of a competitor. I don't think Ethereum will ever go away completely because of the fact that it is, it has those cypherpunk roots, you know, and people always want to oh, build yeah. on it. And I love Ethereum, I, you know, I'll always use Ethereum. So, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, the, the market size could potentially be capped in that respect if internet computer you know is delivered that's that's my personal yeah thesis yeah on it. i, I yeah. love that and yeah. it, it really dominic williams wrote uh one of the blog posts on the internet computer review he wrote how uh definity could supercharge ethereum mm -hmm. and it's pretty much you could put like in a really uh oversimplified fashion in the future there could be a bridge where all the computationally heavy things that you do on ethereum you could you could leave the data there and then run everything else in a canister and then only across that peg do ethereum transactions when it's most necessary mm -hmm. uh so that's one way to fix it and when i think about like the future of web3 i don't i'm not as concerned about definity not delivering i think they are but i'm really afraid that people aren't going to use it uh so big, i mean this concern. is what this is what happens to all the web3 ones even let's say in the beginning ethereum was really cheap it took a really time, a really long time for people to use it. EOS, like pretty good technical foundations for like for the beginning stages, and it just didn't attract enough developer attention or users because everyone was already on Ethereum. 
uh, at like Neo, same thing. Everyone shows. So what could uh, Internet Computer to in, in the Identity Foundation do to differentiate themselves so they don't go down that same path? Any, well, any... I think they're doing a fantastic, like across the board, this is why I'm supporting them after looking at all these Web3 startups. Across the board, they get everything right. Their capacity is better. They're cheaper than everyone. Their developer tools are easier. Um, their governance mechanism is superior. This like sovereignty they give to all the developers is superior. The user experience is going to be way lighter. Mm -hmm. um, so across the board, they get all the technical things right. But I guarantee you, and this goes back to maybe the market cycle uh, theory, I think investors that are listening to this right now might want to think about this. But as soon as Definity comes out, I don't think anyone's going to have a damn idea what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like Polkadot, Polka I, I keep mirroring Polkadot because they're similar in size. They came out around the same time. They have a similar vision on the outside. On the inside, it's completely different. But everyone is confused out of their mind by Polkadot. Yeah, parachains, and, and these other things. To yeah, me, yeah. I think yeah. Polkadot is literally just a copycat of Ethereum and mm -hmm. they expanded things a little bit. And then I look into Definity and I am still absolutely flabbergasted by everything that's thrown at me. Like, I don't, I don't know what the internet computer is yet. It's oh, like, yeah. it's that complicated. Yeah. And to get the developer community or even the users to understand that this is the thing is an, like a next to impossible task in the early stages. Users. Users are the most important thing. Users, and yeah. Now, let's talk, let's talk about the user experience on Ethereum right now. You know, you have to, if you're going to go interact with these DeFi protocols, you need to go through MetaMask. You know, you know, you have to go through MetaMask. You have to, you know, sign in. You have to store your keys properly. You have to send an Ether to that from your Coinbase account. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a pain. Me and you might be able to do it. Maybe our users do it because, you know, we're maybe a little more, you know, tech you know, friendly, we, we enjoy that kind of stuff. We enjoy the complexity. Will the average everyday person want to use that? You know, will, will, will our, will no, our parents said, want like, to use it? We've yeah. seen it. It's, it's, it's not It's, it's not happening. conducive. With def I'm really hoping Definity comes out, makes, well, we already know, first of all, that they're going to try to simplify the experience quite a bit, right? They're, they don't really want to, you don't really want to interact with tokens. You don't need to touch tokens. You don't need to touch to tokens. The user doesn't need to. You just kind of just go to your webpage and you're just interacting with this foundational stuff without even really realizing it. Now that is a potential game changer, and and I know the if if there's one person I think that could potentially do it is is Dominic because of the fact this guy prior created a massive multiplayer online game with five to six million or I think it was like five six million users between the ages of like seven to twelve. So he has marketed a product for kids to use really easily. If he can bring those kind of principles, where just you just press a button, you're able to go somewhere. I think it could be, could be yeah, absolutely huge. He's the perfect guy because yeah. he's, he's done the user side of things yeah. and then the, the part that people don't even see because he's been in it for so long, yeah. like very quietly in academia, mm -hmm. is the decentralized computing stuff he's been doing since the 90s. Yeah. But on, a, on one final note, if you do you have any thoughts on what the def, – like is Definity going to have its own cycle? Because def, like Definity's coming out in two months. Mm -hmm. Is it going to have its own cycles? Is it going to correlate with – other things you, like you have thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, honestly, uh, I think I think if the internet computer lives up to what we're thinking, I think we can create it can create its own cycle at that point. I think it can create its own, you know, sort of bubble of uh, of excitement behind it. You know, you're creating open internet services for if you want to talk about narratives, you know, the distrust <laughs> yeah. in big tech. If defending internet computer really hits that heavy, and like gets that whole niche market. You know, we're talking about, you know, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, I think that can even supersede the internet economy is bigger than any government economy at this point, right? So, 
you know, forget about money printing. You're talking about a whole new ecosystem coming about. All internet services being built on this one thing. It, it, the sky's the limit. So I, I think potentially the internet computer could be its own cycle. Um, so, you know, if there is even a, you know, it, DeFi gets a little bit too, you know, too hot and heavy, I could see another thing. And again, you have, you know, you have these, you know, you have the, the IPOs coming out, you have all these other things, but I'm most excited about um, yeah. ICP, internet computer. Yeah, yeah I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll just say when, when it comes out, if, let's say the former of what I was talking about, like it doesn't attract users and it's kind of failing across the board, I think we'll see something that's reminiscent of every Web3 project that comes out. It comes out, hits some excitement, falls down for a while, and then it makes progress and then it shoots up, like roughly speaking, mm-hmm. and then it fades out over the years that people realize that it's failing. But if it succeeds, and I kind of give predictions behind closed doors with my friends, but like completely, like I, I won't say We're it here. Just, there are friends here. Just, just because <laughs> it is so yeah. completely outrageous, yeah. and here's why. Yeah. Big tech right now, you put valuations based on revenue, and their revenue comes from people who use internet services and if you build a business, you use the internet, and a piece of that business goes to big tech. Like, super boiling it down. The ICP s- supply is pretty much owning a piece of the internet. Like, it, it, the internet itself, you can't put a valuation yeah. out. Like, yeah, how do you value it? So yeah, mi- I can't even put it out in a yeah. full sentence because yeah. it's just absolutely yeah. that mind-boggling. But yeah. if, yeah, if it's correct in saying that you're owning a piece of the internet as much as you can own a decentralized protocol, then there's nothing to correlate this to. Like, it's not going to follow any markets because it's going to disobey every single law because it's just bigger than everything else. It's its own market. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is is its own market. And if the Web3 world... keeps failing across the board and everything, this will be the thing. Yeah. so we'll see. Exciting. It, exciting. It, it's very exciting <laughs> we'll, stuff. And we'll be giving everybody the up-to-date news on every single thing. Yeah, as out. we yeah. see these cycles play out, yeah. we might have a better idea. We'd be more specific um, when the co- we have more information. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool. All right. Very good. Well, Great good episode. chat. Very good. You guys can follow us, by the way, on uh, Scan, And uh, I go by CloudLogic on Twitter. And my partner, Evan, goes... Uh, Evan McFarland, you could find me by name. Yeah. And icp.report is our, is our website. website. Yep, Until awesome. we get one up on the actual internet computer. Yes. <laughs> and that'll be for a future episode probably too. All right, yeah. cool. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah.